Hello and welcome to It's an Arsenal Thing. I'm your host Tom and with me is my rumble tumble football friend, the ever-present Silent Dave Hutchinson. All right, mate. So-so. We're getting the old hands of the wobble. It's all systems go, David. A date with destiny. The moment has arrived and it's time to take the opportunity and make it count. But let's work backwards, podders. There we were, Friday night, full of expectation, trepidation and stellar artois for a match that promised a return to form and three glorious points. Three points before the big one against Pep's well-oiled machine known as Manchester City. More on them as we analyse the upcoming game. You already know the result against the Candy Kings of the South Coast, but we're here to mull over the incidents, the action and all the talking points in the gun room with the podcateers. We look at the supporters who drifted off before the game had finished. We address Fabio Vieira's criticism and deal with some of the mallet-headed fans on social media. We cover the WSL and that devastating loss against Manchester United, which effectively means any hopes that we had of being in contention for the title race are all but over. But worse than that, was the injury to Leah Williamson with an RCL. That's three in a season that continues to go from bad to worse. We also cover the remarkable fight back from two goals down to draw 2-2 with the two-time European champions Wolfsburg in the first leg of the Champions League semi-final. It's an Arsenal thing, it's an Arsenal thing. Believe it or not, it's an Arsenal thing. With football and transfers, you know you'll bring. You're listening to It's an Arsenal thing. Now then, it's been suggested that face-pushing, throat-grabbing, prickly Frenchman Matteo Guendouzi's value has rocketed from 9 million, that's the initial figure, up to 35 million euros, that's 31 million pounds. Was it a mistake to flog him off? We'll give you our opinion on that too. On a positive note, Arsenal have qualified for the Champions League for the first time since 2016-17 season and achieved St. Totteringham's Day! For the first time in seven seasons. But better than that, Spurs were demolished by Newcastle 6-1 at St James's. Normal service has been resumed. The podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com for the best above and below the waist grooming experience. And the Performance Package 4.0. And we've also got new partners, ZenithCoins.com for the most outstanding quality football collectibles. And we offer you a discount of 20 and 15% respectively with our exclusive codes that we'll give you later in the show. The latest Arsenal updates. William Saliba will not be fit for the City game nor the Chelsea game. And Ainsley Maitland-Niles has resigned himself to a future away from the Emirates. It's a shame, but we just couldn't get the best out of him. It's, it's a pity because he's one of your own, isn't he? Hail in, boys. Now, a lot has been made of Pep Guardiola's comments about his squad being tired. Tired? Man up! Did you know? Probably not. Midfielder Brian Talbot was ever-present during Arsenal's epic 70-match 1979-80 season, apart from being substituted on one occasion against Wolves at Highbury. He played in every minute of every game. So Pep, put an espadrille in it and just get on with it. Is Pep fast becoming the heir to Ferguson's mind games crown? We'll have our say in the gun room. Elsewhere, Spurs goalkeeper Hugo Lloris is being treated for a repetitive strain injury rumoured to be in his back. It's all that bending over, retrieving the ball out the back of the net. He's also being seen by a psychiatrist because he thinks he's a trawlerman. Every time he turns round, the net's bulging. Get in there!
You never know, perhaps Uncle Festa, better known as Daniel Levy, will have Antonio Conte back to steady the sinking ship. I asked Antonio Conte outright if he'd ever go back. Go back to Tottenham? Are you batshit crazy? He fucking hate those chickens? He go back if they give me a castle and he get to do jiggy jiggy boom boom with Daniel Levy's wife. We shouldn't laugh, but we're going to. Conte sacked, Stellini sacked, and now Ryan Mason is taking the reins. But someone needs to tell him there's no chair in the manager's office. Oh no. It's not really needed, is it, at the moment? They don't stay long enough to sit down. What they need is a manager they can mould. He's not perfect, doesn't have all the answers, and he won't win every game. They need a bit of a fixer-upper, a bit of a Lampard, or a bit of an Allardyce. So he's a bit of a fixer-upper, so he's got a few flaws. Like his peculiar brain, dear. This thing with the reindeer that's, that's a little outside of nature's laws. So he's a bit of a fixer-upper, but this we're certain of. You can fix this fixer-upper up with a little bit of love. Prior to the game, Arsenal are unbeaten in 27 top flight matches against Southampton, 119 drawn 8, one shy of the longest run against a particular opponent, ongoing versus Fulham since 1949. Saints have won just two of 45 league fixtures away to the Gunners. Drawn 15, lost 28. Victories at Highbury in 1968-1987. The Gunners have won 11 of their past 12 home league games versus teams starting the day bottom of the table. Only dropping points in a goalless draw against Burnley in January 2022. Mikel Arteta's side are vying to win a fifth consecutive top flight home match. Their only league defeat at the Emirates Stadium this season was February's 3-1 loss to Manchester City. We'll put that right. Gabriel Martinelli's total of 14 Premier League goals is one short of the record by a Brazilian in a season. Set by Liverpool's Roberto Firmino in 2017-2018. Ben White and Alexander Zinchenko are both one shy of 100 Premier League appearances. Zinchenko would become the first Ukrainian to reach that milestone. It's time to enter the gun room for a natter. Oh dear, what a week to be an Arsenal fan. <laughs> if you didn't laugh, you'd cry, wouldn't you? But we're going to bring you some sanity, bothers. We have got a team and a half. Yeah, the, when we're talking about the girls, I mean, they've got half a team, but we've got a team and a half. So let's do the rounds. We've got Georgie Boy. How are you, Georgie Boy? Um, I'm surviving, um, but we move. <laughs> That's as good as you can do at the minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lauren, smiling away. Thank goodness. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. You know, I'm banking on the girls getting a good result this week and getting us to the Champions League final because I've given up all hope with the men, I think. But, uh, you know, all good here. All good. Trying to stay positive. This is what I like when you do this because it backfires and we get a result. So when you're pessimistic, it seems to work for us. Paul Max back. How are you, Paul? Yeah, still recovering from my, my, my spell of manic depression and uh, just keeping an eye on the Leeds-Leicester game, which isn't going all the way at the moment. Oh, what's the score? It's uh, 1-0 to Leeds, which is the worst possible result from my perspective. Yeah, it's a bit tight down there, isn't it? Anyway, Podders, we're going to push on. Uh, we'll cover the disappointing loss to Manchester United in the WSL, the encouraging fight back against Wolfsburg abroad, 
so that sets up a really nice sort of uh, second leg for us, uh, as long as it goes according to plan, we get no more injuries. Talking of which, Leo Williamson was injured. Uh, an RCL injury, we've had three of those. It's an absolute nightmare, isn't it, Lauren? Uh, you know, we'd be lucky to get 11 players out by the end of the season. Yeah, you know, they're going down like flies and there's been a lot of injuries this season. Obviously, the most notable have been the ACLs for Beth Mead and um, Miedema within the space of about three weeks of each other early enough in the season. Obviously, World Cup season, nobody wants to be injured long term and to have big, big, big names like that go out so early on in the season was disheartening but I think this late on in the season the World Cup is just on literally just there we can see it now coming and for Lee Williamson obviously Lioness captain to to have been ruled out now for you know the remainder of the season the World Cup probably well into next season as well it's absolutely devastating she's at the top of her game she's such an exceptional player you know you'd be very proud of her as an Arsenal fan absolutely thrilled to have her at the club and you know, it's, she's, just, she's, it's all about timing as well, isn't it? It's like, you know, it was bad enough the other two got injured and there was still quite a bit of the season to go. But this one is devastating on a running. It's a bit yeah. like the Chaps. They're, they're having a rough ride with people going by the wayside with Saliba. And apparently Xhaka now. Xhaka won't be available for Man City. I hope that's just a rumour that I heard from someone leaning over the garden fence with nothing better mm-hmm. to do. But I, I've got a fancy that uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but first up, Southampton, it wasn't in anybody's script, was it really? Um, if you thought it was going to be a breeze, Podders, you've got a giant wedgie and a poke in the eye. It's one of those nerve-wracking run-ins. This is what it's going to be. It's going to be down to the elbows and uh, severely shot. A bit like Paul Mack when he's, uh, <laughs> he's watching the Everton games, nervous <laughs> as hell. Um, three games. Three draws, six points lost, seven goals scored, seven goals conceded, uh, which caused a, a massive uproar on social media. We'll go through all that. Um, Bakayo Saka got slaughtered, Aaron Ramsdale and Mikel Arteta. But um, we'll get into that uh, in a while. There's certain people that I despise on social media as well, and some of them are uh, from AFTV, Troops. I don't know whether you've seen this character. <laughs> Troops, an absolute tosser. Uh, Lee Gooner or Gooner Lee, he's absolutely detestable, but he's got about 10 zillion followers. Um, so we're not in that camp, but uh, we're in the sane and rational camp. And the detestable DT. All these characters, they all come out when Arsenal are having a tough time and they all stick the knife in, and that's what really annoys me. I can't stand any of them. I won't watch any of them. And why Robbie still entertains that truth is a, a complete mystery. Um, George, did you expect this type of overreaction? I suppose we're used to it now, aren't we? We get it every week when we, we lose. Uh, we yes. Which we uh, do a lot. <laughs> I did expect the overreaction. It's the Easter holidays. So obviously they've all been stuck at home, not been out, that been able to go out that much. Um, it's. I think there's a as a typical fan on social media expects you to win 3-4-0 every every week I call them FIFA fans um, I completely agree with what you said about all of them people um, it's like they've all got in common with each other is that I'm all blocked by them so that's quite a good 
Oh, yeah, you've done well. Yeah, yeah. How'd you manage that? I'll, I'll try it myself. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you off air. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like, I'm not. Um, I was at the Southampton game and the performances haven't been great recently, but I just think people, football fans have short memories. Like, this time last season, we fell away to not getting the top four. We're in the title race. All right. Um, we've dropped a few silly points, but I said to everyone, I said to people with the West Ham game, I thought it'd be tight. The Southampton game, I thought we'd have enough to win, but these these teams, as Paul would tell you, these teams are desperate for every point. is huge. And I think that's what people forget. That's not nice, is it, Paul, calling you desperate? <laughs> 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 I, 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 I think George has nailed it exactly there. <laughs> we've got to find some balance here haven't we really with this, this the fans expectations are out of control Lauren uh, what's mm. happened is I mean we weren't expected to be in a title race I mean we haven't touched on it before but we're, we're in a title race and we should be quite content with the style of football that we're playing uh, exactly where we are in the table and that we're actually in a title race to start with surely yeah, absolutely. You know, you have to think back and what was the goal at the start of the season? It was top four is to get that Champions League place. I think we said this before, we've absolutely overachieved this season. You just have to look at the squad. I mean, the, the depth isn't there really to be going for, to be challenging the likes of City, you know. it Sometimes it takes a bit of luck and that might be other teams falling off. I don't think Arsenal are where they are purely because of luck. We haven't lost a game in the Premier League since February, I believe. It was against City. I mean, since then, we've gone on an unbeaten run. We've dropped a lot of points, yeah, we have in, in draws and and that kind of thing. But the way that we're playing, we've the second youngest team in the league. You have to be happy with it. Um, whatever happens, you know, however the season ends, it's been an incredibly enjoyable season to watch, to be a part of. We'll have to wait and see what happens now in the upcoming weeks. But you have to look at the positives and it, 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 the way I see it, it can only go up from here. You know, it really can. It, what Mikel Arteta has done to bring us from eighth to fifth to second, pushing first where, you know, I mean, we're first at the moment. We just have to remain positive and see what happens. But um, what he's done in, in that short amount of time, the 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 way he's absolutely revolutionized, I want to say revolutionized the club, but the way he's, I suppose, reinvigorated the club, brought the fans back in he's made us believe in something that we thought was probably unattainable at the start of the season. And, you know, it's been some journey and you'd like to think, you know, if it doesn't, if he doesn't pull it off this season, he's got that champions league spot. He'll be able to attract a lot more bigger names, a lot of young players who aren't happy at the likes of Chelsea or, you know, teams that might be going down, we'll be able to get players from them. And, you know, Champions League football, we're going to be able to attract a lot of the big talent from Europe. So you can only see the squad getting bigger, hopefully, the likes of Saka and Saliba will sign on and extend their contract. And yeah, like I said, it can only really go up from here. So there's a lot, there's a lot more positives to take from this season rather than just accepting what, you know, the trolls are saying on Twitter and, you know, saying you threw it away, this, that, the other. We didn't. We we never expected to be this far. I don't think any of the players did either. So yeah, there's a lot more to, to focus on in a positive manner than there is to, to I suppose, belittle the players and criticise them. Right, mm. I think what people forget as well, and I, I don't like comparing because I absolutely hate them, is Liverpool, um, is that the season that they missed out on winning the title the first time, I think it was 
they lost it by like a point, wasn't it, to Man City? Mm-hmm. And then the next season they just thrived and took the season by storm. Mm-hmm. I don't, I honestly don't believe and don't see a reason why Arsenal, if we miss out this season, can't go and do that next season. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm think not, that for uh, a dose of optimism, George. I mean, yeah, we haven't not, even finished this one yet, but we're having this season <laughs> as well. Why not? Yeah, but, uh, just, like, like, I, and I think that's what like, Lauren hit me on the head. We don't lose. Like, mm-hmm. we haven't. I think that's what people forget. Like, Arsenal last season would have lost that game on Friday. And even the West End game, we would. I even think last season we would have lost that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Paul. Bring some objectivity, because uh, we're Gooners and you're a toffee. Bring some objectivity, because Arsenal are still at the top. All right, they've got two games in hand, Man City, but we're five points clear. We could literally afford a draw, couldn't we? As long as we don't lose, we're still in, and we're still kind of in with a sniff. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been reading some, some of the social media reaction to you know, to the draw, and it was a draw. Most people seem to have viewed it as a defeat, but it was a draw, and it still meant you had one extra point than you had before the game. So you, you, have, to, you have to look at it logically. Uh, there's a great headline on the back of the Daily Mirror on Saturday morning saying, Bottlers to Battlers. And I thought that the, the comeback from 3-1 down really showed a lot about the Arsenal team that fans could be encouraged with. Because I think as George said there, that's a game they could have easily lost 3-1, maybe 4-1. And then I think the, the criticism might be, in, might be more justification to some of the comments made. But at the end of the day, to come back with that versus hand, you know, to come back from the crushing blow of basically giving three goals away to come back and snatch your points, you have to take the positives from that. It's still in Arsenal's own hands. Okay, the City games, yeah, I think it's not too much about Arsenal going there to win, which a lot of the comments are kind of going towards at the moment. It's more a case of going there not losing. Come away with a nil-nil draw at Man City. That's a fantastic result yeah. because it puts the owners back yeah. on Arsenal. It stops City's momentum. I think people are under underplaying City's fixture fixtures to come. They've got a cup final against Man United, got two Champions League semi-finals, possibly a Champions League final. So there are going to be distractions for them as well. They're also playing, they're playing away at Everson, they're playing, they're playing Leeds United. So they're playing some of the teams struggling at the boss as well. Be absolutely desperate for points as well. So I think <clears throat> Arsenal, yeah. In some ways, Arteta has been victim of his own success because it was such a great and unexpected start to the season. He's created this kind of a feeling that Arsenal are going to do it this year. And it was always going to be a tough call. And I, I just don't get these fans who complain when the team loses. Losing is part of football. You become a better team by reacting to how you lose. And people who spend, the, as George said, spend the time playing FIFA or football managers don't get the concept that Every good team will lose a match. It's part of the football process, and I still, I still remember the 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 season, and I still remember when Arsenal then like blowing it when they were they were cleared the top. They had they dropped points left, right, and centre on the running, and they came down to the last game at Arsenal, uh, sorry, at Anfield, and and, and they won two 0 to take the league against all the odds. I'm sure if Arteta is trying to look for examples to boost the play for the I'd be, I'd be showing that 89 video all the time. Look, guys, that team written off an 89. You could still go to Man City and get something because made no doubt about it. If Arsenal were to win at Man City, then the whole picture changes dramatically. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Um, 
Lauren, before we go to the game, we, we've got to pick your brains a bit. Um, what's the problem at the moment? Is it inexperience, nerves? Is it something else? I, I think it's probably a mixture of various bits and pieces. Plus, you can't kind of go to a or, or get a club come to you that are in a relegation battle and just roll over. They're not going to do it, are they? Absolutely not. No, you know, we've said it before. I think George put it perfectly. These clubs are desperate for points as well. You know, they're fighting their battles. It's the exact same as us. The pressure's on, you know, from above, from uh, behind and above. And they, they need those points, you know, just as much as we do. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we're going to go into it in a bit more detail, but the the mistakes that were made to lead to the goals were, you know, they they they've been made before in this season. It's not the first time a goal's been scored against us in the first minute at home this season. It's not the first time that, you know, a ball's gone in the, uh, behind, and yeah, I mean, Walcott's goal was good, but and you know, obviously set pieces. How many times have we conceded from set pieces just after the World Cup alone? They're reoccurring issues, and I think they are becoming costly um what does it lie on you know obviously we have a lot of people who uh, sorry a lot of players who are injured at the moment Saliba's an awful big miss I think we're seeing that not only defensively but also attackingly you know we're not seeing Ben White get up as as far up the pitch as he normally would to support Saka to give him that overlap we feel a bit limited at the moment given the constraints within um within the squad because of I don't criticize holding too much but he, he isn't Saliba you know and we saw it the other day as well when Vieira came in for Xhaka like I said the squad depth just isn't there yet to be pushing the same way City can because we're a bit more limited than they are um that being said you know there it's not just on those players I think a little bit of lack of concentration at the start of games, completely shutting off for, for set pieces as well. That's not... Oh, that's Lauren, we don't learn, do we? Because we've done it time and time again in, in yeah. a minute or nine minutes or whatever, and it all goes wrong. And you think they'd be prepared when they come out. Um, you know, I love them to bits, mm -hmm. but you think after you get your nose bloodied once or twice early on, you'd be prepared for it. Absolutely, you know, and I, like I said, we've seen all this before. We've seen these mistakes happen again and again, and it's it's you have to wonder: is it? You know, we said this last week when Jay was there, and he didn't really agree with the idea of complacency. But is it that? Is it the players maybe taking their position for granted, maybe not feeling the pressure from you know directly from the game they're playing, rather from the results that are coming from City? What is what does it lie on? Is it lack of concentration? I'm not sure. I'm not obviously. I'm not a not anywhere near these players to be able to do you know when you get a really good side and you can kind of mesmerize yeah. yourself sometimes mm. you know when we went two nil up um you kind of mesmerize yourself with oh this yeah. is this is brilliant and then uh just a couple of mistakes individual errors this is what we're talking about potters yeah. individual errors it's not the team a naff or shit or anything like that it's just a series of errors. Uh, another thing that I pick up on with you, Lauren, is not only have we got Saliba out, but we've got Tommy Asu out, and, and yeah. he's a quality replacement. So not only we've we been deprived of our first choice, but a really, really top second choice as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you know if Tommy Asu was fit, we probably would see Ben White come in to cover for. Um, Saliba because you know him and Gabriel had a fantastic partnership last season and it's quite surprising we haven't really seen him drop in I suppose it's probably because of Tommy Asu's injury but uh, yeah I think that's probably what Arteta would have done had all our players been fit and ready to go but alas that's not how it is of course that would be too easy but um, well, yeah I think thing, isn't it? That's it's, it's, of course it is of course <laughs> it is that's the but, yeah, no. 
um, yeah, it's frustrating. It's definitely frustrating. And you'd like to think that they they would learn from these mistakes, but we're seeing them over and over again. And, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't think we're going to see a solution anytime soon. Probably not. Right, let's get to the team and then get cracking. Uh, Aaron Ramsdale, Ben White, Rob Holding, Gabrielle Zinchenko, Martin Odegaard, uh, Thomas Partey, Vieira, Saka, Jesus and Martinelli. Paul, let's get to the elephant in the room. Fabio Vieira in for Xhaka, who we thought initially was uh, ill, but apparently it's coming out that he's injured. Um, Fabio Vieira... Was that the right choice? There's been a lot made of that. And as soon as I saw him on the team sheet, I thought, you really need someone with experience. I mean, that's why we went out and got Jorginho for the experience. Um, And they put Vieira in, who I think is great creatively, but he's a little bit lightweight in in terms of physicality. What did you think, Paul, when you saw that? Well, uh, my initial reaction was the fact that that Jaffa wasn't playing was a big blow to Arsenal because he, he's brought so much to the team this season in terms of his commitment, in terms of his leadership, in terms of his passing and the goals he's contributed as well and the assists. Uh, yeah, like you, when I saw Georgina was on the bench and Vieira was playing, I did have a little little concern because you, every game now in the running to the end of the season is a massive game. So you need your big-time experienced players. Now, Georgino has got bags of experience. To me, it might have made, possibly made more sense, but Jorginho is a start. And then maybe towards the end, when the game comes a bit more open, be able to come on at some stage in the second half. But yeah, I, I didn't think that was quite the right call, but we don't we don't know what, what our test of season training is. We don't quite know what his game plan was before. We don't know how much time he had to, to react to Jack's injury as well. But yeah, I, I was really concerned. Uh, when it, I've not been overly impressed with the business in Vienna so far this season. And uh, you need people who are going to put us in the tackles, who, who are going to fight for every every loose ball, who are going to G up the players around them. And I just don't think he had the experience to do that. So it, it's one of those things that if that comes off, it's a great decision. It didn't come off. so And the manager can't get every decision right. So it, 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 you have to accept that sometimes. But yeah, the losses are... are what... Uh, what Jack has brought to Arsenal this season can't be underestimated. And uh, yeah, it was it was a huge blow. And I'm sure if you're in that Southampton dressing room beforehand, you're thinking, no, Zach is today. So that must give them a real boost as well. And I'm sure in that Southampton dressing room as well, Tom, Bill Walker was saying, hey, that's Tom Phoebe, guys. I mean, slagging me off on the tube, on, on, on the pods all season. It's payback time, mate. It's payback time. <laughs> uh, well, uh, George, we could have had an alternative, couldn't we, really? Uh, we could have put Zinchenko in that uh, sort of holding, attacking midfield role, and we could have put Tierney in. There were yeah. options, but he, he just didn't take the option. He obviously believes wholeheartedly in Vieira, and I'm not saying he's a bad player, I'm not dissing him or anything like that, because he is obviously a quality player and he will come in the next couple of seasons, hopefully bulk up a bit and sort us out. But there were options. I think we missed out on a few options. Yeah, I, I think there was a couple of options, to be honest. Um, like I could have seen Smith Rowe playing there. Um, I could have even seen Trossard. Like, and then... Um, the reason I don't think Jorginho plays because Partey and Jorginho don't really seem to be able to play together. Um, but Thomas Partey, that's something we'll come to later. That's a, I've got a controversial view about that. Um, that yeah, Ooh, yeah. Lovely. Um, like that. 
But um, I think for Vieira, his, his confidence has just gone as well. Um, and I don't know, maybe he, need, maybe he needs to like, bulk up quite a bit because I think you don't um, become one of the biggest, um, best assist people in Portugal if you're crap. Like, he had a better record than Bruno Fernandes and we know how much the English media love him. So, um, Well, let's also uh, say, George, that when we've had at Arsenal some very slight and small players. Uh, yeah. Jose Antonio Reyes, he was small. Yeah. Cesc Fabregas was small. Um, but they bought something else to the table, and Vieira's lacking that at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I, I think his confidence has gone quite a bit as well, yeah. Vieira. Um, okay. My only reason I wouldn't move Zinchenko to midfield is he can play there, but I don't like Holden and Tierney as two people in the back four. I just think um, it just it just brings us back to the negative side of what our issues are and. But one thing I will say I don't think helps the team, and I'm not calling, I'm not digging anyone out, or is throughout most of the season when they make mistakes or they're not playing that well, the fans are 100% behind them. Fabio Vieira, from what I was hearing when I was at the Emirates, doesn't get that. Yeah. So I think that is a big, a big thing for him. That like I wouldn't have played Vieira, but. I, I I don't get paid Mikel Arteta's wages, so <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I wish I did. But um, I don't. Yeah. Well, well, well I've got the list enough... of um, I've got the list of the uh, yeah. performances here, and the two lowest ones was Fabio Vieira with two point six, and Rob Holding with two point eight, and they were really in this game two areas of concern. But so I'm Holding, surprised as about you that. said. Holding, I'm surprised said, about that as well. Um, I'm quite surprised about that. I'm surprised someone else's name ain't on that, that list. Mm. Oh, name and shame. Come on, George. Summer's party. Like, I think, yeah. I think like... He's, he's and, not having the best of times, is he, recently? I'm in the minority, yeah. but it's, for me, he's cost us two games. Yeah. Like, the West Ham, it was his fault for one of the goals, yeah. And that game um, against Southampton... Like one of the one or two of the goals was he's thought he just like if, if people were saying what would you do? I'd and I we, said, we said I'd be it, playing like, last time against West yeah. Ham, he was yeah. absolutely shocking. It was his worst game in Arsenal. I think he was up there with the yeah. Southampton one, if I'm honest. Like I, like if I saw Jorginho playing instead of party tomorrow, I'm not saying it will happen. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. Um, and people were telling me that, oh, we should play Partey right back. And Ben White said, oh, like, whatever you're on, I'll have some of that. <laughs> <laughs> like, he can't even play midfield at the minute about putting there. And I, like, I, I think holding, like we were saying, Tom, he's ready-made scapegoat. I'm not saying, mm. I'm not saying he's, like the song goes, better than Cannavaro, because he, he really isn't. But, <laughs> um, but I, I just... I think he's easily a scapegoat yeah. and it would be amazing if he scores the winner tomorrow just to shut everyone up. <laughs> but, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we do yeah. love a scapegoat. Uh, let's move on yeah. to the action then, Paul. We're going to get you involved. It was another atrocious start. One minute on the clock. Ramsdale commits a massive error um, at the back. I mean, it was a real shocker. It was a howler of epic proportions. Oh, it was the <laughs> It was. It was like that, wasn't it? He tried to thread yeah. the ball through. And there wasn't the corridor to go down. Um, since that episode, um, which, I mean, we weren't surprised when they took advantage and scored, 
Ramsdale has absolutely been blasted by all and sundry. Uh, people saying that Martinez and Leno are better keepers on the whole and that we shouldn't have got rid of Leno. Uh, what's your answer to that? He's not a terrible goalkeeper at all, is he? Goalkeepers like strikers. Uh, strikers don't score goals. They get flack. Uh, goalkeepers make a mistake. They get flack. He, yeah. He's not out the woods, but he's, he's not in the shot window, is he? I mean, Ramsdale's a good goalkeeper. There's no question about that. But I think on this pod, we've mentioned a few times, if there's one weakness he has to his game, it, it, it's, it's using his feet and, and, and you no. Know, Passing the ball out from the back, I don't think that's a strong point. And you, know, you, you, you kind of looked at that goal, and I mean, fair, I look at the two Arsenal defenders. I mean, Alcaraz quite cleverly hides behind one of them, doesn't he? So I don't actually think Ramsdale can see where he is. But then, surely the defenders are saying to Ramsdale, "No, I don't want it. Don't, don't pass it to me. Kick it long. You know, don't, 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 don't take the chance here." Um, yeah, it, 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 you can't excuse a mistake like that in a game of such importance. And certainly, you, know, you, you don't have to repeat that in the City game. And going back to what Lauren said before as well about conceding the early goals, I think Arsenal conceded the two earliest goals in the Premier League this season, which uh, was just a great start. Uh, and even before the ball was with Ramsdale, I think that, uh, it was Gabriel on the left-hand side had the chance to kick it down the touchline to launch an attack, but chose to pass it back to Ramsdale. Now, I'm, I'm picking hairs here, but if he does that, then that situation doesn't happen. Uh, but yeah, I, I just... He just did. He just didn't see Alcaraz, who, who 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 did really well, took the goal well, and uh, mm. yeah, it was it, it was a poor. Yeah, I I just sat down to watch and couldn't believe what a nightmare start that was. And from a selfish point of view, obviously with Southampton being the relegation battle, last thing I wanted was, was Southampton going to going to Arsenal and, and getting an, an away win. Uh, yeah, so it was it, it was a poor start, but just and. Obviously, Ramsdale has to accept some of the blame for that, but but the defender had a role to play there as well because they, someone should be screaming out and saying, "No, there's a guy behind me here. Don't play it out. Play it long. Take your time." There should have been some instruction there as well, definitely. But um, Ramsdale will, will win Arsenal more points than it cost Arsenal this season, and, and that's the only way you can, you, you can judge goalkeeper by the end of the season. And uh, certainly, you know, there's absolutely no question in my mind. He's he's a he's. He's a better goal, goalkeeper than Leno. He's a far better goalkeeper than Martinez and a much nicer person than Martinez as well. <laughs> yeah. um, well, this is the point, isn't it? Leno wasn't commanding in his area. I mean, uh, I think it was, was it Brentford tied him up on the line um, and he, he couldn't escape. He doesn't show any authority in the box. And when we played Fulham, he was exactly the same. Martinez, fantastic goalkeeper, but you just suspect that he's not uh, probably got the things that Arteta is looking for in terms of temperament, personality. And uh, I mean, he comes with a massive ego uh, by the sounds of it. And you saw him in the World Cup, quite arrogant as well. So we don't really need any of that. And I'm quite happy with Ramsdale himself. Um, we kind of made it really easy for him, didn't we? We continued to look shell-shocked and out of sorts. Then in the 14th minute, who pops up? Theo, Theo, makes it two for Southampton. Incredible scenes at the Emirates uh, with the Saints doubling their lead. Walcott comes back to Horn Arsenal. It was it was almost scripted, wasn't it? Odegaard lost possession uh, and allowed Walcott to get behind Gabriel. Uh, and then he shoots first time uh, past Ramsdale. 
Gabriel got uh, caught short, kind of leaning into Walcott, and it, it didn't work. We've seen him score that type of goal in an Arsenal shirt millions of times. Well, all right, I exaggerate. Um, told I got told a million times not to exaggerate, but there you go. Um, and the Emirates was like a bit of a library. Then, Lauren, we came back into it, 20 minutes in, a fight lack of sorts, Martinelli response, who I thought he was one of those people uh, or players that you couldn't give any criticism to because every time he got the ball, he was looking to do something, even though he was surrounded at times. Yeah, no, he had a great game and... Um... Yeah, Saka, Martinelli, I think they've almost suffered a bit. Not so much Martinelli, I think he's doing all right, but Saka's definitely suffering from the lack of support he's getting from Ben White on that right-hand side presently. Having, ben White having to be a bit more cautious of covering, getting back to, to cover, holding. But um, those two were having a phenomenal game first half and it was, you know, it's almost a shame that they didn't exploit that more and really push harder because they were causing so much trouble for, for both their fullbacks. So obviously the, the cross came in from Saka and uh, Martinelli took it first time and what a strike it was. Beautiful goal. Um, I think that puts him level with Fabinho now for the highest um, Premier League goals, Brazilian Premier League goal scorer or something like this. Yeah. I can't quite remember. Incredible, incredible. Not get it. He's not getting, you know, he's not getting enough praise for the season he's having. What an absolute, you know, we talk about growth. We talk about the, the, the progression of Arsenal this season. I think Bartonelli is one of those players who basically embodies what Arteta has done with the club. You know, he's up there with, you know, probably one of the players of the season, Premier League wide, not just with Arsenal. Um, every time he gets the ball, you, you just don't know what he's going to do with it. And he's a very exciting player. And yeah, that was one of those, one of those moments where he didn't have to do too much other than just, uh, I, he did, have, you know, obviously to to get the ball in, but uh, it was a great ball from Saka, and what a finish it was from him! It was uh, just what we needed as well, you know, a good response going two 0 down. It kind of felt like we were going we to get back something desperately. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But no, it kind of it kind of brought that feeling, and you thought, okay, it's not over yet, thank goodness, because uh, had that have been, you know, three 0 down, I think that would have been game over at that point. Well, <laughs> There's no recovering uh, from that. Podders, I've got to tell you, we're doing an awards ceremony on the last podcast of the season. So we will be giving out the um, the mezzets. We'll be uh, naming players of the season, goal of the season, all that sort of stuff, just so you know. So if you've got anything to say, it's an Arsenal thing for at gmail.com. You can vote for who you like. We'll take that in consideration, probably ignore it, but uh, uh, we'll go on from there. Um, George, Bednarak. Yeah. He got on my nerves a little bit because uh, there he was. Oh, he fell awkwardly. It was a it was a desperate. He was on shoulders and neck, and it could have been quite nasty. Uh, and then yeah. he wouldn't go off, and it kind of reminded me of um, when Mario Sari uh, wanted the keeper to come off in a penalty shootout, and he wouldn't come off. It dragged yeah. on a bit, didn't it? What's your thoughts on that? Get off if um, you're getting off. <laughs> yeah, so it's like Kepo uh, over again, wouldn't it? Really. So obviously, I was at the game. Um, so on the headset, they was like saying like, "Oh, this looks pretty bad." We hope he ain't like broke his neck or something. And then next minute, he's jumped up, and I thought, "Because oh. <laughs> they was even saying, oh, he's like Bert Troutman, like the Man City keeper <laughs> from years ago that broke his neck and carried on." And then yeah, he, proper football, and, like, and then so they called him to go off, and then he just won't go off. And I'm just like, "Why do that?" Like for me, I'd like. He has to be booked for that because that's simulation or cheating at least. 
Maybe yeah, not as, cheat as, as much. As well, I mean, it's disrespectful for the, the coach or the manager, isn't it? And well, uh, yeah, you, was, you don't want that sort of thing going on. But and it, um, I don't. I think it's um, like one of the first games he's played recently as well, because he's been out. He's been left out for a while, so that's not really what you do, is it, to impress the new sort of manager? But um, well, then he turned did, coach, didn't he, George? He started yeah. offering advice yeah. to people on sideline. What's like, yeah, get but, off? Um, I did. Get off, I did stay have off to I did have to laugh that Martinelli, um, when he was like on the floor, he picked up the stretcher and just lift like threw it off the pitch. So <laughs> I tell you, I can get on with the <laughs> No nonsense. Uh, right, yeah. let's move on. Forty-five plus one off the line. Arsenal inches away from a leveler as White's header is cleared off the line. Forty-five plus seven. I mean, we did get some minutes, didn't we? Yeah. Forty-five plus seven. There was a right old scramble. That's because they around like two hours to take goal kicks. Yeah, he, he got on my nerves as well, to be honest, mm. Did you Did you get angry? Did you throw a cushion at the TV? Eh? I was um, going to throw my headset at him. So <laughs> at <the ground. laughs> that I would have liked to see, a bit of boomerang. <laughs> uh, Southampton box as Jesus, White and Martinelli all tried to force the effort towards the goal, but the Saints held firm. Second half, Southampton went back to the back five, uh, Paul. Back five. I kind of expected it in a way. Um, it was just a hold on to what you've got because I, I, I suppose they expected Arsenal to come on the rampage. Yeah, but, but from the Southampton perspective, it made perfect sense. I mean, they could see the more goals than everybody else in the Premier League. I think 56, seven of them on Washington Forest. And uh, yeah, uh, you, you're winning away 2-1 at the team, the top of the table. You know you're going to face an onslaught in the second half. So it, it, you know, it, does, make, it does make sense to play play a more restricted type of games, be a bit more cautious and try and get something on the break. And for a while, the, those tactics were working perfectly. So I, I totally understood why they were doing that. And uh, I think the way Arsenal finished the first half would have made sellers think about, hang on, we need to do something to stop the flow. Because well, I think in some ways, the half-time whistle came too early for Arsenal because I thought that was, the, that was their best period of the game before half-time. And to some extent, whether it's because Southampton changed the system in the second half, also took a while to get going in the second period of the game. So from that point of view, from the manager's perspective, going with the back five seemed to make sense as well. Particularly, also seems more and more were trying to play high balls as the crosses when they didn't really have the, the, the numbers in there to, to confront the Southampton back three. It were all, all six footballs anyway, so that was always going to, going to be a, a difficult call. Uh, so yeah, I totally, I, I totally understood why he went for the back five. Um, and uh, I suppose we'll, we'll come on to substitutes later. Whether Arsenal could have been substitutes a few minutes earlier to try and react to counter the Southampton back five and play it more on the ground, mm. I, I'm not quite sure. So, unless they're equalised. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I, 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 well, I thought always oh, been cut off there. He hasn't paid his bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, 66 minutes, and uh, uh, it's another upset, isn't it? Um, Wall Prowse is involved, and it's uh, Coletta Carr. Did I get that right? Uh, heads the ball home, unmarked, Ramsdale. Um, another shocker, another shocker of defensive uh, slackness and sloppiness. Uh, not picking up people, waiting for someone else to go and mark them. Lauren, it's a, I know we're going to keep on about it, but, you know, mm. tighten up. You've got the training to iron this stuff out, and it's so important in games. But then you lose your position again. Yeah, 
no absolutely like how many times does it have to happen you know and I think I can't remember who exactly said it but after the the game on Friday night in one of the Jamie Carragher maybe I can't remember who it was they said basically look you have to look at who was who was on that player it was Inchenko and Saka they just let him run wild and you know it was a great point he made they're too there's too small enough players why are they marking the back post you know that kind of way I mean I don't think that the Arsenal team is particularly a tall team but there's definitely bigger lads than than both Sinchenko and Saka there who could be covering that back post and it just looks unorganized it looks as if you know it just doesn't look as though there's any thought going into these set pieces despite the fact that we're conceding basically every game from a set piece at this rate and it's really frustrating to watch um and you know two massive names there there's no holding there there's no Vieira there that's Saka and that's Zinchenko two of our best players two of the players who have been praised week in week out it's just it's just complacency and it's just a complete lack of concentration for you know a few seconds of the game but they turn out to be vital and they end up making more work for themselves so you know you, you think they'd learn but unfortunately not no, it doesn't seem to be that way, does it? 69 minutes, Jesus went close, but poked it over the top. 88 minutes, oh, captain, my captain. Martin Odegaard bends a strike past uh, Bazuna. Did I get that right, Bazuna? Um, yeah, there's like a few a... names I was calling him, it weren't <laughs> Whitey's up the skipper from the edge of the box. He drops his shoulder before curling a left-footed strike. I was so impressed with Martin Odegaard. Obviously, I love the guy to bits. I mean, if they, uh, I'm going to have a statue made of him just for the lounge, I think. Uh, probably full size as well, just to uh, <laughs> wind everyone up. But uh, uh, probably interfere with the telly, maybe not. Um, but he he really put his back into it, George, didn't he? He really did. Kind of picked the game up by the scruff of the neck and charged forward. Yeah. Um... Uh, like I've said for I even said this when we bought Martin Erdard off on loan from Madrid. If we could get him on a permanent, that he's got a glass ceiling, and when that breaks, that is like everyone bans on about De Bruyne and all that. But I think Martin Erdard's up there with him, like this season especially. Like you've got to think, how old is he? 22, 23? He's not old at all. Podcast, podcast family, you're going to expect this, but I'm going to say he's better than De Bruyne this season on the evidence yeah, of the entire I, season. Yeah, I, um, I'd agree. To be fair, um, I he brings it like that's the sort of thing like a, a captain who's playing for years and experience would do. Um, that he got us back into that game. Um, I will say though, before um, when we went three-one down. I, I still didn't think we was out of the game. I think that yeah. we've lost just... him. We've lost him. We've just getting to a crucial point and we've lost him. Can you hear Speak me? with it, George. Sorry, yeah. can you hear me now? Nothing's happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll come back to George in a bit when he can connect up with us. But we've got a nice picture of his clock. Uh, lovely old clock there. He's disappeared altogether. Right at this point, we started looking like we could go on, Paul. And snatch a victory. I mean, we threw the kitchen sink at them. We played really well for about 10 minutes. Um, 90 minutes, Nelson collects the ball in the box, lines up a strike. Um, Bazula makes the save. But Sackers, he's there again, isn't he? I mean, you, sometimes he gets snuffed out of a game because he's got three or four players on him. Um, but he's there at a crucial moment and has been all season. Yeah, he, he took the chance really well. And I think also... Um... Ooh, I've lost everyone. I'm still here. Yeah, I can hear you as well. I can hear you, Lauren. Yeah. Right. Can you hear me? 
Okay, you're yeah. on there for you. Oh, what happened there? Oh, it's so exciting for us, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> it's like a Tottenham fans working the technology. Um, yeah, anyway, we're getting back to Saka, Paul. Uh, he's, he's the right man in the right place at the right time, 90% of the time, isn't he? Yeah, he got himself into the box at the right time as well, brought himself in from the wings because he could see the opportunity was about to emerge there. I think also as well, I think I think Trossard made a massive difference when he came on. And what I agree with what George London said before, even at 3-1, I thought Arsenal was still in the game. It was just a question of when they could get that second goal back. And arguably, it came about five minutes too late. If that second goal goes in at 81-82, then I think there's a good chance of getting the win. Uh, yeah. yeah. Trossard playing the ball on the ground, making runs, making passes, suddenly created problems for the Southampton defence that they hadn't really had for, for the first 20 minutes of the first half. And yeah, good, good, great finish from Saka. And uh, I mean, Gabriel Jesus never stopped the whole game. And yeah. even though he didn't score, he was still there making a nuisance of himself, creating the opportunity there for Saka to score. And you know, we often say, you know, with them, uh, when you're looking to win the titles, you need your big players to step up at big moments in the game. And that equaliser from Saka actually gave Arsenal the best part of eight minutes to go on and uh, get get a winning goal. And, uh, you know, Trussard came so, so close to doing so. That's the classic. It's it's almost like we got Fergie time. George will come back for that point on Odegaard in a minute, but 90-plus Trossard hit that hits hits. The bar, if I can say it properly. Uh, someone pointed out on social media, he started seven games or been involved in seven games and they've been seven wins. I'm, I didn't get a chance to check that out. So if that's the case, let's get him in for the Man City game. Anyway, 90 uh, plus five, Saka forces the ball to Jesus, who goes down under pressure. The referee waves play on. Uh, loose ball falls to Nelson, who places his effort inches wide of the post. Uh, with the aid of a deflection. Uh, 90 plus 10, penalty shout, Jesus, down in the box, amid a scramble in the box. But the referee, uh, I'm having trouble, I should go to an NHS dentist, shouldn't I, really? The referee. Who's trying to from Ruston? play on. Right, we got through that. George, we're coming back to you. That point <laughs> on Odegaard before we lost you. Yeah, sorry about that. I, I was just basically saying... How um, you, Bill, mate? Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to. Uh, cost of living. Um, so um, I think reason why Arsenal are where they are in the table is quite a lot of it is from Erdegaard as well. Um, not just of how he plays on the pitch, or off the pitch. Like you've got to think he's captain of Norway as well. So I was just basically saying that for me, he could become one of the best midfielders in the world in the next eighteen months. I tell you what, as well, did um, it, I think it was a Southampton game? Blimey, they're coming so thick and fast. You forget yeah. where you are, don't you? You don't know what you're doing anymore. Um, was it Zinchenko called a huddle, and then yeah. Odegaard remonstrated with Zinchenko, probably yeah, saying, yeah. "Oh, yeah, that's my job." Yeah. Uh, did you see that, Paul? What did you I, think I, of that? Yeah, I thought I thought it was really strange. And you, you you're right, Tom. I thought if anyone's going to do that, it's Odegaard. He's the captain, and, and he did well to come and say, "Hang on." To Zinchenko because Zinchenko did not the best of games. I didn't think either. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. If I was going to call a huddle, it's the, it's the team captain. I don't think Zinchenko would have called that huddle if Zach had been on the pitch. He wouldn't have dared to. He wouldn't have <laughs> yeah, dared to assume that authority. He absolutely would not have done. And who can blame him? 
Well, I was going to say, if anyone had called it, it would have been Xhaka and Odegaard yeah, 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 probably yeah. been okay with that. But yeah. uh, I think there is a tendency with Zinchenko because he's such a passionate player that it kind of overflows at time. Uh, and he's got to watch that. Anyway, let's uh, do the match stats. Arsenal first and Southampton second. 25 shots for Arsenal, eight for them. Six shots on target for us, six for them. 75% possession in the end for Arsenal, 25% for them, 670 passes for us, 237 for them, 86% pass accuracy, 64% for them. 10,014 fouls, one yellow card for Arsenal, five for them. Dirty buggers. Anyway, boys, take a break. Have a cup of tea or something. <laughs> Sit back. We're going to go through the WSL now, probably cry ourselves to sleep tonight. Uh, Lauren. We're short of good news, but we'll try and give it a go, won't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. Up first, it was the United game, which saw us fall further behind, chasing the pack. We'll talk about the game in a minute, but uh, that's the league done for us, isn't it? It's just a case of getting into the top four now. It's going to be tough to bring it back. Obviously, that was kind of the crunch game. We were going up against United, who are top. Um, I think they have three-point lead on us, three-point lead on Chelsea. So, you know, look, no one, that's another team that no one really expected to be pushing or being where they are this season. They have some great players. They're really challenging this season. You know, at, at this point in time, it looks like it's between United and Chelsea, um, which... You know, one team was always going to be up there and then the other is a nice surprise. So it's, I suppose it's the better of two evils who ends up winning it now. Arsenal aren't completely out of it, but it's going to be very, very, very difficult um, given not just injuries, but the, the I suppose the results that we've had as well. Not so not so favourable for us, but, uh, you know, to even have pushed so far given the, the severity of injuries and just the general you know crazy breaks i mean we've spoken about this before in the pod the breaks for international I think games it's been ridiculous this season how many breaks and interludes yeah. uh, it takes out any momentum that you're building up it's really annoying and the same yeah. with these these hideous internationals uh these friendlies and all the rest of it that we yeah. seem to be peppering the old uh football schedule with it's not good enough it takes away i mean the premier league the wsl is your bread and butter that's what you do uh, yeah. All this fannying about all these other competitions drives me absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. For sure. No, I agree completely. Obviously, they're trying to build the, the 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 excitement for the World Cup coming up. It's going to be a great summer for the women's game. Having had the Euros last year, but if you're, you know, how many players do we see go down with ACL injuries, with long-term injuries? Is it worth it? Probably not just to to build the excitement around it so yeah it's not something i'm a fan of but in terms of arsenal for the wsl title it's going to be tough this season it's going to be very very tough but uh you still have to be proud of the girls for the shift they put in oh yeah um i, I just got to say about this game arsenal just weren't good enough to win that game it wasn't pretty to be honest from either side at times um yeah. injuries as you said are a major factor as they are with the men's team Worse still, as we, we'll come to it now, Podders, go and take some Valium or something. Leah Williams uh, went down. It was, it was kind of an innocuous challenge, wasn't it, really? It didn't seem to be much contact, but she went down like a bag of bricks and uh, you just feared the worst. And then the old stretcher came out. Uh, she's a massive loss for the Lionesses and for the Gunners as well. Uh, how, how can we cope with this? And why do we seem to get a spate of these RCLs. Unfortunately, it's women's football. 
Um, there's no real rhyme, rhyme or rhythm to it, but you know, if you think about it, last season in the the, the women's uh, Ballon d'Or awards, the top 25 of the women were out with ACL injuries. So there's there's a there's a lot of research that needs to go into it to 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 see what's behind that. If it's maybe the boots, maybe the the equipment isn't right for the female anatomy. Maybe it's just the fact that the strength and conditioning isn't quite there yet. Maybe it's this crazy um fixture list whatever it is it's not just an arsenal problem it's not just an arsenal thing uh obviously we're the only team that have three players out at the well, moment well, so but unfortunately it's not one of those things that we can just sit here and say oh it's definitely because of arsenal no i think we're just unlucky that three of our best players are out with it but it's it's a massive massive issue for women's football in general these these crazy amount of ACL injuries and um, women at the height of their of their careers, you know, having to lose lose a full season basically because of whatever the unknown cause is. But no, it's it's absolutely devastating. I think of all the players, Leah Williamson is probably one of the the one player that you would not want to see that happen to. Even for myself, you know, Ireland are going to be in the World Cup this season, so I'm not going to be that big of a fan of the Lionesses, but it's absolutely devastating that she's not going to be there. You know, as their captain, she brought them to the Euros last last year, and it just breaks your heart that she won't get to to live her World Cup dream this this time around. So I kind you know, of see so her much... as the glue to the side now as well with all these yeah. people flopping in and out. It's uh it's just impossible. United yeah. are the third team after Chelsea and Manchester City to do the double over Arsenal, but they they deserve to win on the sort of broad spectrum. Um take us through the side, Lauren. Yeah, well indeed I have it here. Uh Zinsberger was in goal. So this was just off the back of another women's international break so you know a lot of players were traveling back from wherever they were we had Zinsberger and goal Wien Reuter right back Wubin Moy Raffaella were a centre-back pairing Moritz was left back Leah Williamson was actually playing as a, in the midfield role taking over where um Kim Little would have played but obviously she's out for the rest of the season as well uh, Manum and Valti <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy Mal yeah. uh, Manum and Valti made up the 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 rest of the midfield they made Black Sinius up front with uh, January signings Palova and Catherine Cool starting on the wing. So there was no Katie McCabe. She also missed the game. She wasn't on the bench. Um, yeah, so the, the squad was the, the team itself was quite um, not not our most optimal starting eleven. Let's say, but uh, I was you say, know, it looks like a puzzle where someone thinks <laughs> a piece fits and they're just you know pressing on it to try and make it fit. Get in there. Get yeah. in there. Um, yeah. We had a fairly aggressive and competitive press, but it always felt as though the game, when it wore on, um, it was going to be a hurdle too many, mm -hmm. wasn't it? Um, we couldn't get going. We lacked cohesive play against the well-drilled United side. Yeah. But I, I wasn't over-impressed with United. I know they were top and all the rest of it, but they didn't, didn't seem to be the full shilling. It was, I, I just thought, both set, sets of players looked very cagey in the game. No one wanted to take too many chances. It was such a high, you know, a high risk game, let's say. No one wanted to drop the points. Just coming back from the international break, it was very, 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 I suppose, weary. No one was really pushing. But yeah, I think United did just have the edge slightly. But, the, you know, we've, we've played against Chelsea. We played against United in the Emirates this season and they absolutely dominated against us. You know, it wasn't that type of a game. But um, I think at the end of the, the day, they probably did deserve the three points. 
Yeah, uh, I was just thinking, I was just, uh, Poggers, bear with me. Chelsea doing well this season. I've got a way to undermine them. We just let Frank Lampard go and take over the women's team. That'll be it, wouldn't it? Uh, I just saw a fact come up. 17 matches and he had a, a win and a draw out of 17 matches. Uh, how does he get employed? No one knows. Uh, we were quite decent on the break, but we just lacked inventiveness to fashion clear chances, didn't we? Uh, United were dominant, but a bit toothless, as we said. Uh, Palova and Manham were probably our standouts up to a point from what I saw. Uh, then the lemon into the cup. They squeezed that lemon into that cup. 45 plus five. Uh, take us through that goal. Uh, guess who it was, Podders? Come on, Lauren. Uh, it was Alessia Russo. No, it was Russo. The, so the the striker of obviously for United, who we were linked to in the summer, yeah, very high absolutely. profile push to get her. I think that would have probably made the difference to our season would be to have a, a massive striker like her up top who can just slot goals in when she wants. But um, you know, to be honest, it was a good goal from her right on the cusp of half time as well. I think probably just lost a bit of concentration and um. Yeah, I, I can't really remember what happened in the build-up to it now, to be honest. There's been a lot of football since then. But, uh, yeah, she just slot, it looked easy for her. It looked easy for her. She just had to slot it past the keeper. And I think Zinsberger probably could have done more to, to stop it going in. But, um, yeah, went in, just, obviously, just, just on the cost the last time as well. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Just to fill in the blanks, it was Paris on the right. The winger got to the byline, cut it back for the strike. It was just... Dead clinical. I mean, that's all you can say. A horrible time to go behind because Arsenal were were patchy yeah. at best. Having said that, United, as I said, weren't really much cop either. Uh, the game, uh, United bossed it from midfield, didn't they, Lauren? They didn't really. They put the crunch on us, really. And I think only Leah Williamson was was capable of seeing that off. But uh, as we said after twelve minutes, she was she was taken off. Um, pattern of play continued in the second half. Man United barely got out of gear and didn't really look like they were trying at times, <laughs> which was a bit weird. It was a brutal battle as well, wasn't it? I'm just looking at the stats here. 10 and 11 fouls either side. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, quite mental. Right, let's push on then, Lauren. Uh, we've had enough of those injuries and uh, yeah. sobbing into our cornflakes. Um, the Champions League, Wolfsburg. Yes. I mean, they're, yes. they're no mugs, are they? Two-time... Um, Champions League winners. So let's set out the team that faced them. That was, we had Zinsberger in goal again. Sorry, I have it here in front of me. Zinsberger in goal. We played with a back three. So we had um, Raffaele, Jen Beattie came in. She actually came on against the uh, United and I thought she had a great game. She's one of our more experienced players. And we also had Ruben Moy. Um, Steph Catley was back from injury playing on the left and um, Maritz was on the right then. Midfield of Valti and Manum with Blackstinius up top. Katie McCabe was back in on the left wing and then Pelova retained her her position then on the right wing as well. So it was a pretty decent team, you know, a bit more experienced than what we sent out against United. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I like the look of that. When I saw that, I thought, oh, yeah. that's more like it. At least he's given mm -hmm. that some thought. He hasn't kind of put his hand in a bin and pulled out a name and put it on the board. It was a bit like yeah. an X-Factor moment where they just I take like the names back free. Like yeah. back free. Um, it's like when I was looking at it, because um, I was like, oh, or Jim Beatty, yeah, maybe. But then, um, obviously, having Katie McKay back, I think Pelova, like, as an Arsenal, mm. from an Arsenal Finns point of view, um, 
it was like Trossard and Pelova January signings, like men and women, like absolute quality signings. So, yeah. um, and I think people underestimate what Leo Volti does in that midfield. Um, For sure. When, like, I don't normally like Williamson in midfield, I'd rather start centre half. But mm-hmm. when you have Volti there, um, I think she controls it. Um, so, yeah, I was quite impressed. With that, I was I was quite just quite impressed. We actually put eleven out, and there's a couple we'll be... of people on the bench. I didn't even know who they were. Like I don't know if they were like a couple of the fans that we took <laughs> out there. Like I know I had, a lot of us on the bench. There. <laughs> well, we might not have a full complement of players uh, to choose from, but we can still dig deep, can't we, Lauren? Mm-hmm. Wolfsburg sure. home advantage got off to a flyer. Uh, two nil after seven minutes, which uh, sucked. Um, it looked like being another uncomfortable evening, didn't it? Sort of shifting about in your seat, uh, inflicting pain and distress on Arsenal fans. That's what this team does. Uh, it was another nail biter, and this result could be and should be viewed as brilliant. You're on foreign soil, and you come back to two two. We'll go into detail. Uh, in a second, Wolfsburg made their intentions clear as they set about trying to please the home fans with their purpose, and it paid off. 19 minutes, Lauren. A long ball comes in. You can pronounce this one. Who is she? Go on, Lauren. Uh, Jan's daughter. Hey, Sorry, I don't, know, any, yeah. I don't speak Icelandic, but I don't know. Sounds like that. No, that was a good uh, effort because on the highlights, yeah. that's exactly how they said it. So Super. I was looking. I, I, I actually sent Lauren a message earlier and said, "You can do all these names." <laughs> yeah. I've got a clue. Um, she passed it um, to the other person. <laughs> <laughs> what was her name? Pajor. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, and, and I can say Jill Ward's name. That's the only one from that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't they all be called Smith and make it really easy? Um, 25 minutes in, Arsenal shot themselves in the foot with some really, uh, again, it's yeah. defence, uh, sloppy defending. And uh, that person that I've you heard said that before. <laughs> yeah, you'll hear it a lot on the podcast till the end of the season, I'm sure. Um, so, 2-0 up. Uh, we needed something to knock them out of their stride because they were looking fairly ominous around 45 minutes. We got one back. Take us through that one, Laura. Yeah, easy that to was, pronounce this one, um, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Who was it? Raffaele. Yeah, it was Raffaele from a header from a corner. Um, yeah, she's always there. I mean, she really is, you know, big centre, big Brazilian centre back, we know that well. Always no, scoring from corners, it. absolutely. She's always there. Um, she's very solid, you know. Especially when there's so much, you know, instability in the back line. She's one of those players you can almost always count on to be there, and she always comes up with the goals as well. Um, that goal definitely gave us, I suppose, a bit of confidence, a bit of self belief that we could come back. Because I think, to be honest, it's what we've seen when Arsenal went two 0 up as well. I think Wolfsburg sat back and said, "Okay, yeah, we have them now. We don't need to push ourselves too much." Also, I want to bring up. I, I want to bring this up as well. The, the the first leg was played on Sunday, and we're playing the second leg on Thursday. It's a very weird scheduling fixture. I've never seen that happen in the Champions League before, um, to have two games so close to each other. Um, so I don't know if that was playing as well on the players' mind, but um, for sure, I think once once the, the they went two 0 up, I think they kind of. Um, you're right, I sense the shifting oh, momentum. It, yeah. was, it was all them. They were really going to put us to the sword. 
then all mm. of a sudden, uh, when, when that goal went in, we looked a lot better. 69 minutes, who else but Black Singers came to rescue? Full <laughs> stretch from what I saw. Um, I, I, sure. I went to have a drink and she the ball was in the net. It was she, hadn't stopped, she hadn't stopped scoring since I said she's absolutely useless. <laughs> well, I said, Keep saying it. I said it like six, seven weeks United. ago. Yeah, I said it six, seven weeks ago. And I was like, and she could, I kept saying, now she's like Shamak. But in the women's yeah. team, just could not score to save her life. Well, and George, then, can you say that about Jesus for tomorrow? Yeah. Uh, I'll say about all of them. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's a story when we played in the cup final because I went to that with my friend. So we was in the pub before, and I said, not knowing because I couldn't see everyone who was around, I was like, if Blackstonia scores and we win the cup, I'll buy everyone who's standing here a shot. <laughs> And then every, about 15 people said, all right, then. So then obviously the same thing happened. So to, that, was a, that was a very expensive round. Yeah. <laughs> that goal, it came from good build-up play through McCabe. Uh, Manon picked out a pass to Black Stinnis and just prodded it home. It, it, mm. Actually, it could have gone the wrong side, couldn't it? Because some of these efforts, when you're having a little yeah. slide in to get a toe on it, it doesn't quite work out. That's how it stayed. Great result. Uh, let's not allow ourselves, brothers, to get carried away because this home leg could spring a surprise and they're going to be more than up for it, more than capable. Just want to give you this, Lauren. Uh, Palova, 33 touches in this game, uh, 14 out, 19 passes completed, six out, seven in the final third, three times possession was one, two chances created, two interceptions, two fouls, one and one of six. Uh, she is a bit of a bargain. I would say. And yeah. I, I look forward to seeing more of her. Absolutely. I think George said it perfectly there. She was up there with, you know, best January business that we've done recently. Um, we were really desperate for a bit of quality. It was hard to find players to come in. Obviously, we went after Russo, but she stayed put at, at United. You know, you can understand why now at this stage, seeing where they're at. But um, so yeah, we, in the summer. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> But she, all she wants is Champions League football, and I think she was waiting on that to see, you know, which team could could bring it to her. So, you know, if if excuse me, United end up top, I don't I don't think she'll be moving. But uh, look, you we'll know, win it, so we'll be alright. So yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. Mm. But um, yeah, no, absolutely. She's 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 been great since she's coming in. Obviously, she's had massive boots to fill. Obviously, coming in for Beth Mead. Um, but she's done well so far and it's going to be exciting to see, you know, uh, like I said, the second leg now is on Thursday night. I believe 50,000 tickets have been sold for the Emirates. It's going to be a massive game. Um, That's one thing, Lauren, I've got to say, yeah. is the girls have to play in better stadiums and when the, uh, the chaps are not playing there, the girls should take priority and just go in there rather than playing in some of these grounds that just, uh, I don't know, they look like Halfords or something. You know, you've got to sort it out. If you're going to take mm -hmm. the game seriously, uh, we've said it on the pod before, let's take it seriously. Right Absolutely. then, guys, let's um, let's push on with some news. Maitland-Niles, Paul, is uh, due to depart. It's been agreed apparently some months ago that he's not going to extend his contract. And I don't That's think Arsenal that. were that interested either. Um, what, what do you make of the Maitland-Niles situation, Paul? Well, was he the one who think that Everton about 12 months ago? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say, would we release somebody? Uh, no. No, yeah. yeah I, 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 think I suppose Arteta was edging his bets, wasn't he? He was uh, seeing whether yeah, he could use yeah. him or not. 
Yeah, and his uh, mum had a go at Mick McCarthy when he was on loan at Ipswich. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mick McCarthy, Mick McCarthy yeah. lost somebody. Not somebody wants to have a go at really and give this presentation. <laughs> she but, left uh, a voicemail on his phone saying that you need to pick my son, and <laughs> it was quite abusive apparently. <laughs> was it? Yeah. It just hasn't worked out for him, Paul, is it? It's a shame because no, he's a no, hairy boy, but yeah, no, it just hasn't worked out. And I, I, I would, you know, more what goes on in the background than myself, but I just assume Arteta not being convinced by what he's offered in training. He's not not being convinced mm-hmm. by by not be convinced that he, he's he's worth a first team place. So you know it, it's a part of the ways it happens sometimes. Interesting to speculate how it might have turned out from an Everton because he would have been groomed as being a replacement for Seamus Coleman. And uh, Everton never really replaced Seamus Coleman. He, he bought 38, 39 and he's still playing week in, week out. So <laughs> so so so, 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 so Maitland Dows would have been a good option for us. But yeah, you know sometimes it has to be a part of the ways. Wishing the best of luck, but uh, I guess you'll be going to a club that's managed by Mick McCarthy. I, yeah, I think with Maitland Niles, it was his attitude as well. Yeah, I, I, think I, Niles, I heard yeah, rumbles that he wasn't, um, he wouldn't put his back into training no. some of the time, and he did have a bit of a superstar attitude with uh, sort of Tesco boots. Um, yeah. So <laughs> he, he never, he never really pulled his weight. Um, George no, got one for you, uh, Gwen yeah. Doozy, Matteo Gwen Doozy. Um, the the Boston Strangler, um, nine million apparently, and he's he's gone from nine million up to thirty one million pounds in value. Uh, was it a mistake to let him go? What do you make of that? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> um, he's I'm just, with you. Uh, yeah, he's just his whole attitude. He thought he was better than what it was. He was like a, I don't know. It was like um, it was. He looked like me trying to run around the field trying to find the ball. <laughs> Um, <laughs> like it just like he showed a lot of passion, but is it passion or is it just stupidity? That's when they when it crosses the line. I, like, yeah, I, I mean, he, he, ha- he genuinely had the talent and yeah. uh, the potential, but that sort of fiery side of him was never going to fit in the Premier yeah. League because he and gets too many red cards. Yeah, I think what done it for me is when he said to the person at Brighton. Oh, I I am more than your whole team. Like, and yeah. like when it's funny when you listen back, but it's not the sort of person you want at your club. Um, so like, and if you compare in that position where Guendouzi would play, I don't even think he'd get anywhere near our squad, to be honest. And like they compare, he's playing in France, but apparently Musu Musso Sissoko, who's played for Spurs, is good out there. So. Yeah, well, that it tells its own story, then, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. I'll be all right out there, then. With <laughs> yeah. my dodgy knee. Um, it, it, Paul. Even Ross Barkley's been good in France, I believe. That's what I mean. <laughs> is that where he is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's at Nice, I think. Nice. Yeah, it's quite nice for him. It says, yeah, yeah. He's like he's with Ramsey right. as well. Yeah, yeah he's right. with Ramsey. That, that, that's right, George, yeah. yeah. It's all kicking off here, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right, Paul seems to be bang on with the mind games this season doesn't he um writing off the season really early none of us believed it uh comments about tiredness is he now the heir to the ferguson bullshit throne of uh mind games i think he's i think he's always been like that hasn't he i, I think, I think <laughs> would, 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 
would give you some insight as to, you know, how would you remember the Barcelona? Because I think it's a massive, as those sorts of come before the Classico and things like that. So it's, yeah. it, 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 it's nothing new as far as Pep Guardiola is concerned. Uh, he's doing what you have to do. He's trying, trying to wind up the opposition. Uh, it's it's always an intriguing clash this when you've got the, the master and the apprentice coming up against each other. And uh, it, it's almost like he's just trying to put our test in his place a little bit. I'm not quite sure, but... Um, well, tomorrow night, you know, we, we shall we, we shall see who prevails on the day. Arteta, Arteta oh. and spearing him or something. I'm going to have a few stellar Artois, I shall, yeah. I shall have a few before the game, I shall have a few during the game, and probably have a shed full after the game. Um, well, I, I think as well, Tom, given all that's gone on in Spain this week with the Real Madrid, Barcelona, trying to... Uh, each other's fastest connections with General Franco. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it might be quite good of it about Teta stood on the touchline dressed as General Franco with little moustache and <laughs> Spanish army uniform on and, and with the big banner saying Catalonia freedom, never, never, never. <laughs> um, Lauren, what sort of game do you envisage against Manchester City? I mean, it's one of those games where we've got to be fired up, but we've got to be careful. We've got to be sensible. We can't go rushing in and getting yellow cards and all that sort of jazz. Um, it, two high pressing teams obviously they're going to want to make a statement and they're almost like mirror reflections aren't they of each other yeah yeah no it's going to be it's going to be a tough one it's not a game I'm looking forward to by any stretch of the imagination to be completely honest um, I'm really considering whether I can actually, I can actually put myself through it or not uh, because I, I, I just don't think I can you know yeah, you have to I know yeah, I know I know I know, I know, I know. Rapalda, ninety-fifth minute winner. <laughs> yeah. <after>. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I will. I'm sure I will. Um, I, it's going to be tough, but you know, something that we can take from the positive, the positive side is, we went there in the FA Cup this season, and we were able to put on a good performance. You know. With Rob Holding on the pitch in the first half, obviously he picked up a yellow card against Holding, but against, excuse me, against Haaland. Um, it's going to be, going to be another it's... interesting contest because Rob Holden's going to definitely play and the robot's going to play, isn't he? Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a very it's... compelling game of football. I think it's it's probably, to be completely honest, one of the biggest games of the season, regardless of the league, regardless of where you're watching it from. It, it A lot is riding on this game and... Oh God, I, I don't know what to expect. I really, I can't tell you what to expect. I think based on what we've seen before, I think Arsenal are going to go out strong. Um, to be completely honest, I think the best we can do from this game is a draw. That's what I'm expecting from it anyway. Well, a draw won't be the end of the world, will it? I mean, you know, a half full, two, best two case scenario. or something like that. That would, <laughs> that would be handy. Uh, nice bit of entertainment as well. A few beers. Um, but, I mean... <laughs> I don't know. We've we've had a couple of games against City where we've absolutely run them ragged and we were the better team. And luck wasn't with us. I mean, um, Gabriel getting sent off and all this yeah. sort of jazz. It hadn't worked out for us, but we've got the potential. We could actually do it. Uh, Paul, I'm just going to come back to you a minute. You know, when you said uh, Ramsdale giving a ball to a defender and basically he doesn't want it. I remember it was Lee Dixon said that uh, Lukic threw the ball out just before the goal. And he, and 89. what are you giving it to me for? I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And he, he played the ball of his life. He said, yeah. basically, I just hope I don't shank it. And he, he put it into Smithy and then obviously Michael Thomas got on the end of it. But uh, yeah, I just thought I'd mention that. Um, Paul, who's the pressure on? Who's Who's got more pressure in this? It's nicely set up, isn't it? Because the way the season has gone, you've got the top two teams. Um, they're, they're, you could get a bus ticket between them. Um, it's perfect. Who's got the more pressure? Do Arsenal go into this game thinking, oh, we've got nothing to lose? Well, I think for the first time this season, Arsenal go into a game as the underdog because I, I, I think most people who aren't Arsenal fans uh, I can't expect the city to kind of know to, to, to get the win given their given their current run of form. Well, what I would say is that you know City are prone to stumbles from time to time. You know, even Frank Lampard's Everson got a draw there in January. Super Frankie Lampard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we got a one all oh, draw. There. Yeah. I, 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 I but the one thing he got right in that game was he. Most Everson games, he'd have us playing out from the back. In that game, we didn't. It was the long ball from Pickford all the time. I think the one thing Arsenal can't do is, is take chances playing out from the back of this game. Uh, so I think, and, and the second thing to uh, I, I'd point out is going to Manchester City in terms of the, the atmosphere you're going to think is nothing like going to Anfield. It's nothing like going to London Derby. City Stadium is full of this new band of 20,000 plus football tourists who suddenly tagged onto a team that's winning. So, you, you're, not, so, so you're not going to face an intimidating atmosphere. There. The, the, the ground is definitely quiet. There's more people there taking selfies of themselves and watching the game. The cycling centre, Man City. Yeah. yeah I, plastic I, I, fans. Uh, absolutely, George. I mean, uh, so I think there's no pressure on Arsenal here because you know most outsiders not expecting to get anything for the game. I think if they get themselves tactically organised, I'd definitely start with Jorginho for the experience. I think you want something like that in the field to 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 kind of settle the team down. I, I would even start Trossard as well. I think Trossard is such a good footballer. And what you have to try and do, I, I, I would guess... You've got to get caught on the break with the robots up against you and bursting through. So you've got to, got to play a deeper back line as well. And uh, at some stage in the game, if there's about two or three minutes to go and Arsenal winning 1-0, then just tell Ben White to go kick Greenish into the stands and come out for the rest of the season, take the other card and walk off. Um, yeah. George, there's uh, an interesting point Paul made there. Who would you, who are the key players that you need to draft in for this game? Is it Jorginho for Xhaka? Um, would you take a chance on Trossard? Who would you replace uh, with Trossard? Um, I think Arsenal have got to play to their strengths. Um, like, and I think everyone forgets Man City defensively ain't that strong. And the attacking element we have, I think we can punish that. So for me, I'd probably get pelters for this. I'd be dropping Thomas Partey for Jorginho. Interesting. Um, I, I can see that, George. And if Jack is fit, because yeah, I've just it just come from my phone that he's having a late fitness test tomorrow. So, oh, oh Don is it mind games, George? Is yeah, uh, Don Mikel giving it? <laughs> uh, he likes his mind game. I wouldn't be even surprised if the sort of thing Arteta would do. You'll see old Saliba in a wheelchair turn up <laughs> in the first eleven, <laughs> but. Um, I can see him going with Trossard, going with Trossard, Erdegaard, Saka, Martinelli, and Jesus, and just playing Jorginho in that sixth role, and Trossard just ahead of that number eight role. 
Um, what about formation, George? What would you do with that? Would you um, would you throw caution to the wind, go back three, push the uh, two sort of players up further? You know, you, you two um, um, sort of attacking options. I think that's the beauty of having Ben White because you can push him forward, but then it will just go back into a, a flat back four again with with having Zinni and Ben White because they can push on. Um, we don't just look sorry with a back four, let alone a back three, yeah. do we? Yeah, but well, what we've got to lose? Then? <laughs> only a title. I just, I just, yeah, um, I just don't. I, I think we're running out of options yeah. to play alongside. If you're going to play Partey or Jorginho, they won't play Partey and Jorginho. Um, you, who would you rather, Vieira, Trossard, or Smith Road? There's, there's your option. Unless you go Zinchenko there, I'm seeing it at left back, but I just don't see that. No, um, or he might go very, very rogue, which I've seen someone say today, and play Ben White next to Gabriel and then play Ray Waters, the 18 year old at right back. <laughs> oh, that's a, a baptism of fire, that one would be. Lauren, yeah, George has made a really good point. Yeah. What is the issue with Emil Smith Rowe? Why hasn't he had more time? There is uh, a sort of rumour doing the rounds that um, Mikel doesn't sort of favour him at the moment. Why not? I think it has to be something either to do with fitness, maybe concerns about that. Maybe he's not where he wants him to be. Maybe he doesn't want to push him too hard after his injury as well. He's still a very, very young player. We've seen the likes of Jack Wilshire come through who, you know, played hectic hectic schedules at a very young age and it took the toll on his body over a course of a few seasons Emil Smith Rowe was one of our best players last season and he's one of the brightest hopes that we have at Arsenal I still stand by that statement I believe Arteta yeah, does as well I think he's protecting him I don't think it's any anything other than he just wants to make sure that he's fit and he's ready to go when he gets his chance I'd love to see him play a bit more this season. I would. I really, really would. But, you know, in saying that, there's players like Reese Nelson who've come on and they've been absolutely stellar every time that they've got the opportunity to come on. And I'd love to see more from him as well. I think one thing Arteta couldn't prove on is his, I suppose, subs, subs management throughout games as well. I'd love to see him be a bit more effective with that, be a bit more proactive as opposed to reactive. Yeah, it's a bit, um, bit random. It has at times, yeah. So I, I don't think I really don't think the problem lies on Smith Rowe. Look at the positions that he's he's trying to get into the team with. You're talking about, you know, Odegaard having to come off. He's the captain. Very rarely is he taken off. You know, where else is he going to come on? Maybe for Xhaka. Again, how often is Xhaka out or injured? Very, very infrequently this season. Obviously, we had it last game, and Vieira came on. Was it just the fact that maybe? Uh, Arteta thought look this is Southampton there's 19 places between us and them maybe we can afford to rest Smithrow and have him come on as, as the games go on throughout the season I'm not sure but personally to me obviously I'm not training every day with the players I don't see what goes on but based on the season that Smithrow had last season I can't imagine that it has anything to do with him with his style of play with his determination he has everything that, that uh, Arteta appears to want in a player so it, from my side it has to it has to be purely precautionary why he's not getting played more. Right then, guys, let's do a quick round before we toddle off because we're, uh, we've got a bit between our teeth and we were just rambling on, weren't we? It's brilliant, though. Um, George, what's your prediction? 
Two, two one Arsenal. Ooh. Loving it, loving it. <laughs> uh, Paul? I'll go Wallach. Okay. Lauren? I'd be happy with the draw. I think 2 2. I'm just going to go an Arsenal win. I don't yeah, care how up. it happens. You have to. I'm not even going to give a score because it makes me nervous. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. Right then, guys, before we go, uh, the podcast is uh, brought to you by manscaped.com. And um, we've got 20% off their performance package 4.0. You've got to go to manscaped.com and you've got to put in the following code, ARSO3. And we've also got new partners as well, Zenith Coins. Uh, if you haven't seen them, they're just behind me there. I'll just, uh, just fish one over there. Um, beautiful looking coins. You can get 15% off. Go to zenith.com and put in the code ARS71. Guys, you've been brilliant. Thank you very much uh, coming Thanks on so. the podcast again. You are the yes. team. You <laughs> are the team. Keep believing, Podders. We will get there in the end. I'm sure we will. We're still in for this. We're still in for that. And don't let anyone tell you any different. As Paul rightly said, 89 was a tough gig, but we got there. <laughs> guys, take care. You look after yourselves. Yes. See you guys. Enjoy the game yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs>
Manchester City will have to wait another day until they respond to the result by the Gunners for their clash against Chelsea, which will now take place on May 21st at 4pm. It could be a deciding day or two for both teams in the Premier League title race, adding another twist to the tale. Do we object? Yes, we do. Stop messing us about. Have you thought? Some of us have got to work, you know. Some of us have. Not me in particular, but some of us have. That's it. We're all done here. You can find us on most social media outlets, including Facebook, Twitter and TikTok. Please like, follow or download the audio version, which is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Anchor, as well as a few more. Please subscribe and follow the YouTube version of the show. My thanks to Silent Dave. You can find him on Twitter as SilentDave101. That's also the home of Jay, the ball gooner. Paul is at Cap, and Lauren is at D2710. You can look up our brothers across the pond on Twitter, including Nick at the Arse Bros. Thanks to Dave Miller at Arsenal Attic, Simon DC of Gunners for Life, which is twin to the podcast. For all the latest news, go to newsnow.co.uk or check out David Ornstein on Twitter or Charles Watts. Incidentally, Charles Watts has got a book out on August the 31st, Revolution, The Rise of Arteta's Arsenal. I'll have some of that. Want to say hi or ask a question? It's an Arsenal thing for at gmail.com. The podcast was brought to you by Manscaped.com and the Performance Package 4.0 for the best above and below the waist grooming experience. And Zenith Coins for the ultimate quality coin collectibles, officially recognised products by Arsenal Football Club. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. And remember, North London was and always will be red. Yeah!